What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan hey. and to my left by Zachary Parks. What's up? So this is a little fun thing. This is episode 10. Woo! We Holy made it crap. 10 Ooh. episodes. That's pretty exciting. It feels it's like, like our too birthday. many. Feels I know. It feels it like too many. Birthday. It's 10 too many. To tell too <laughs> we should have stopped at episode zero. Let's just be we honest. We should have never started. Just never started at all. It is. It it's is like kind we've, of we've our birthday. 10. That's cute. That is adorable. Wait, what is today? It's today February is 6th. February 6th. Okay, that's our... Is wait. It, is it the... Or is it the 7th? It is the it the 7th? That's Lucky our birthday now. Seven. Uh, it's seven. the 7th. Okay. It is. Oh, excuse Lucky me. number 7. I love that movie. Wait, what was our actual and it's, birthday? It's Super Bowl Sunday, too. Oh, gross. Let's yeah, not talk about well, it. It has nothing Boo to do sports. with games. <laughs> no. It's not I, the kind of sports we is, we like. No. E-sports Sorry, people, for this is coming out in the future, so this day has already come and gone. Yeah. <laughs> wait, there's got to be like hey, an e-sports version. I'm glad the Panthers won. Let's see if that holds true. Wait, is that who's even playing? I don't I even know so. who's Panthers, Panthers so. and the Broncos, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. I oh, I do keep seeing Peyton The Panthers Manning's running face. in for a last-minute touchdown to win by seven. That's, that's, what, that's, that's, that's the You've heard it here, folks. Okay. folks. Here. Well, gotcha. in the future, you've heard it here. Yeah. God, what we'll if see if it actually right? happens. Right? Wouldn't that be crazy? That would be, that would be pretty crazy. <laughs> you could start a new career as Super Bowl psychic. I could. You could make so much podcast episodes. Just every year, just yeah, release just your predictions. Now you have to listen to us. <laughs> if you want to make money. Bet on Zach's predictions. Right. God help you if you're wrong. I know. I'll be we would never see you again. No, You'd be dead. I would be. They'd come for me. The bookies. For, they would. All the bookies. Especially being but Cool. Texas. Episode 10. Episode 10. That's pretty exciting. It is exciting. You know what's also exciting is that you can contact us through mm. a couple of different channels. Mm, yes. Through Twitter, at Team Chat Podcast. Yeah, at Team Chat Podcast. I think about that. And then also through email at Team Chat, po- team chat Podcast at gmail.com. Mm, yes. It's really early. We're struggling. Yeah. Right. It's a, this is an earlier recording episode. Yeah. Than normal. We normally do these at night. Yeah. And it's the morning. And mm-hmm. I don't think either of us all, we all have coffee us, yeah. in our hands. We're, we're all ready to go. <laughs> right. And hopefully the caffeine will kick in about 30 minutes into right. the episode. Right. <laughs> but anyway, to the topic of the day. The topic of the show is our best cam- favorite campaign missions to date because obviously we'll play more games we've talked about this with a couple of different topics this is one we could do multiple times mm-hmm. because we'll always think of new ones because i i for one really had to wrap my brain on this one me too me i too. had to really think about it and and like really go back because i was like i've played a lot of games surely this will be easy <laughs> just nothing crickets in my mind right, like just, nothing nothing right. was coming up and i had to think for a really long time so i know that i'll probably think of ones later on that i was like oh my god i should have talked about that one and obviously i'll play new games and be like that was a baller asset. I feel that was like, a baller ass mission. Yeah, this is a topic I could imagine us getting a lot of heat for. For like, how could you not include this X, Y, or Z mission from X, Y, or Z game? <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> we're only picking three. We are only picking three, and you're right. We could expand on this later. It was hard for me to not just think of Halo for every single <laughs> mission. I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's Halo 3. Oh, that's a really good one. That's Halo original. Well, yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of how I was, too. I was like, oh, I know there are a lot of good Call of Duty missions, but I don't want to do a whole lot of Call of Duty missions. Right, and then, then you start you thinking. Know. It's just they keep coming up in my head. Yeah, and I was pretty pleased with my with my variety of choice of choices that I picked. Oh, so. That's good. That's always good, variety. Yeah. Yeah, variety is good. Logan's got just like, Zelda, I, Zelda, and Zelda. No, see, that's the thing. Like, I have a variety. Like, it's a good variety. It's mm-hmm. a good variety of games. Um, but I really struggled with the definition of what constitutes a campaign mode, <clears throat> like a campaign mission. Why, why would you? Why well, did we you didn't really hash the, it yeah, out. See, yeah, see, most of the games that I play don't really have 
a definitive division between this is the campaign and this is other mode. This okay. is this is multiplayer, mm. this is online, blah, blah, blah. I Most see. of the games that I play just have the one mode where you're just playing the basic story mode of the game. And if there are others, I never pay attention to them. So I was mm. like, oh God, campaign missions. What am I even... What does that even what, mean? What does that even mean? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, so I, I it, took it to mean just any, your favorite mission so in general. So at least like... one of the games on my list, I'm pretty sure like counts, but the other two are kind of like, oh, we'll one of my We'll judge it, we'll well. judge it when we we'll get see. there. One of them you would know All right. fairly well. Oh, great. We'll see. Oh, that's exciting. If it's your number three, why don't you just go on into it? it? Well, it is. is it, no, is do I have to start? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're already okay. talking so, about So, see, it. I feel like I'm a bad starter point, though, because the games that I'm going to be talking about are pretty shaky on whether or not they're campaign or not. So is that really the tone that we want to set? I don't know. There's no rules. <laughs> There's no rules. Team chat. No, <laughs> we'll just do just... it live. Well, that's kind of how we do it most of the time, anyways. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I say go. If it's a mission you like, talk about it. All right. Yeah, let's, let's just start it. that. Yeah, let's All right. Hear it. So, Zach. Yes. Thinking of thinking a little bit ahead to mm-hmm. March 3rd of this year, mm-hmm. Twilight Princess HD is coming okay. out. Okay. And as as we get closer and closer, I'm freaking out I'm, I... more and more. And so, all of my thoughts are just like Twilight. I've been seeing some nice screenshots and and stuff. It looks looks good. It looks amazing. So some of the people that I like follow are like, God, they really cut corners with the Twilight Princess HD remake. And I'm like, you shut your (laughs) whore mouth. What's your address? Shut up. I am coming for you, buddy. So I I just submitted my pre-order for the collector's edition Twilight Princess with the amiibo awesome. and the like giant book that comes with oh, it. So I'm man. like, ah! Like a coffee table book? Yeah. Oh, like wow. Oh, that's giant awesome. Book. It's like the Hyrule Historia before Twilight Princess. It's the wow. strategy guide. Okay. There we go. Gotcha. So oh, okay. it's a hardcover, like it looks like a real book strategy guide. That's And I'm awesome. just freaking out about it. Is it for Wii U or is it for the Wii? Can no, you... it's going to be for Wii U. So you, so I need to get a Wii U to play I mean, it, yeah, essentially. You, you hmm. would. See, I don't have a Wii U. Well, and I really want to play it Again. Okay, I'll trade you. Again. You take my Wii U after I'm done playing the game. <laughs> okay. And then I'll, I'll take your you, Xbox. Yes, you get and my that's Xbox. how I will fill in. Yeah, I'll yes. play Halo. You can play Halo it'll finally. Be, it'll be fun. You'll be able to play Halo 5. Like, I have no idea what's going on. But you can never see me play the game because you'll judge me real hard. Yes. Like, I'll be really bad. <laughs> yes, just play I, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, no, there I'm good go. at that game. Yeah, I'm there's other games. Game. Just spend all my Microsoft points. Go to the store. All right, but anyways, so what I'm specifically talking about in terms of Twilight Princess, the original one is the actual Palace of Twilight. So, Zach. Oh, so that's the I'm mission you're seeing... talking about? Yes. So that's so in terms of missions, what I'm actually going with is a specific dungeon mm-hmm. from the game, like okay. a specific portion of the game because I was like that's the closest equation to a campaign mm-hmm. mission that my brain was able to piece together. Right. Well, I was thinking about a game like Zelda 2 when I was thinking about campaign missions, and I was thinking sim- along those similar lines like the Snow Palace, snow the, peak. the snow peak. I thought that would be considered in and of itself a mission. Yeah, right. It's like um, its own separate little. It's a, yeah, exactly. Or when you go to um, there's that like there's a uh, desert area that has Grudo desert. Yeah, and there's right you have to like have a chain and like sort of swing something around. It's been a while since I played. Well, there's the one. So in Twilight Princess, you have the actual ball and chain, which mm-hmm. is your. That's what, actually your, you get like, that in Snow Peak, but right, then that's one of in your, like, the weapons. desert, you're probably thinking of the grappling hook. Maybe I am. Right? Yeah, and there's Where something. Like I just like there's something you have to spin, but we could. I don't know. Oh no, the is spinning it, top. Yeah, no, I'm like, not actually sure. The spinning top. Yes, yeah, that's how you like travel. Awesome, cool weapon that hasn't made any other appearance. Yeah, that was really cool. Now you're talking about i'm just gonna guess because i'm not what was it the name again the palace of twilight so is that when you first 
when you first enter into the realm of like the darkness? Is that yes. when darkness kind of no, sweeps over? No, no, no. Sorry, I misunderstood where you were going with that. So because <laughs> I'm kind of just have no just idea what I'm talking about. Let's put together some backstory here. So the if no one has ever played Twilight Princess, but you've played other Legend of Zelda games, you know the basic format. But it's called Twilight Princess because the whole impetus for the game is there's this other realm that's kind of parallel to Hyrule, and it's the realm of Twilight. And that's where basically these, uh, in ancient, ancient times, there was this race of people who basically mastered using magic and specifically kind of dark magic. So the goddesses or whatever powers that be were like, hey, we know you're getting real good at magic. That's a little concerning. We're going to banish you to the Twilight Realm. So it's like, well, that sucks for those. <laughs> trying to, are always they just had a hobby. <laughs> they just they had a to be hobby good at just trying to be good at something. But no, it really came back to bite them in the ass. They got banished to the Twilight Realm. And over time, they kind of progressed, you know, parallel to Hyrule proper but separate. So like these two realms have never crossed before. Mm -hmm. And the whole game kind of starts where Midna, so she is the actual princess of Twilight. She's the whole part of the game where that name comes from. And she's the small creature. She's this little imp-like creature. Yeah, imp-like, And she yes. like meets... But really a very memorable She is. Character. She's one of the most she's memorable... She's very sly. She, she is. She's very know. sassy, very uh -huh. bold, and she's your just companion. Just cool. And like just, yeah, she she's your glows, companion. Like black and exactly. blue. Exactly. And she's, and she's got like this crazy... Headpiece. ...like arm that she uses oh, right. attached to her headpiece that mm -hmm. she uses to do magic, so she actually can still use the magic from ancient times, mm -hmm. even though she's not like supposed to, but she can't. So she meets Link because the Twilight Realm has suddenly intersected with Hyrule. Like they've suddenly clashed together and it has transformed parts of Hyrule into these Twilight Realms, into these places where there are all these monsters and the world is like all wrong. And in the real world of Hyrule, this kind of manifests as regular people being able to see like ghostly images from the Twilight Realm. And mm -hmm. they're like, holy crap, there's ghosts and monsters everywhere. What is going on? Mm -hmm. So like, it's very scary for the regular people and you're trying to put things right and separate them back out. Mm -hmm. So Midna is your companion and she meets you because you've been transformed as Link into a wolf. Mm -hmm. and that's the, so, so this is the first yes. time you actually become a wolf. So this is the first time you're ever a wolf. So Link gets kind of pulled into the Twilight Realm by force and like the force of being basically sucked into another world transforms him into a beast because that's the whole Twilight mm -hmm. Realm. It's this like beastly, dark, ghostly realm. So you are a wolf now and you're kind of stuck as a wolf. Edmund is like, well... I could kind of help you, but you got to help me. I'm trying to get my kingdom back. Mm. And so her kingdom... Which is very in line with her character. It she's is. not the most like, no, benevolent, she's kind not, no, no, no. Uh, person she, She's not the there to help you for, for fun. Right. She, she's not like your friend she's like a at first. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I've got my own agenda. Mm -hmm. I've got stuff to do. You're just a means to my end. Right. So she accompanies Link by hiding in his shadow. So, like, whenever you're in Hyrule, in the bright Hyrulean sun that, that, you know, would basically burn her to death, she hides in your shadow when you're in the regular world. And then when you're actually in the Twilight Realms, she comes out mm -hmm. and she's able to help you in a more active role. Mm -hmm. So, eventually, so this is pretty actually far into the game, eventually you are actually able to travel to the actual Twilight Realm. That's the Palace of Twilight. So that's where she, that's like where she's from. It's her hometown. <laughs> so you're basically going home as part of the, uh, just the game's entire story is obviously leading to this point because what you're actually trying to do is reclaim Midna's rule over her realm mm -hmm. because she's been 
dethroned by this guy, Zant. Right. Oh, Zant. Right, right. Creepy Zant. Creepy. Zant. He's creepy. Crazy, weird mask. He's a creepy guy. And so leading up to this, you've encountered Zant a handful of Mm -hmm. times, but you've never fought him. Mm -hmm. Like, it's always been in cutscenes. You've never been able to actually freely interact with him. It's uh, obviously very theatrical. So actually going to the Palace of Twilight is really creepy and cool because it has a very different atmosphere to what the rest of the game and other areas of the game do. The Palace of Twilight, it's of course very dark, very, you know, um, gothic almost, but in a way that it's styled, all of the edges are very hard. It's almost got like a very modern bent to it. Mm. Like you get the feeling that the Twilight Realm is probably a little more technologically advanced actually than regular Mm -hmm. Hyrule is because you're like, oh, this seems like they might actually be a little ahead Mm -hmm. of us. It's modern architecture. Look at all this modern. So most are deco. (laughs) We all stay here. (laughs) Some forward thinkers. So it's extreme. The actual dungeon itself is really, I would consider negligible because it, it feels very very small. There's really just like the west wing and the east wing and you're working through them to get to the central portion of the palace to fight Zant. And that's where things get really cool. He's one of the more memorable bosses I can ever remember fighting mm-hmm. because all throughout the game leading up to this, he's been portrayed as very mysterious, very sinister, very merciless. So like you're afraid of him. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah, god. They, they build him up very nicely. They build him up by very touches, nicely. Like you said, exactly. it's like just throughout the game with either cinematics or just yeah, seeing it, him briefly. It, and so you're really like you're not sure what to <clears> expect. And then the big reveal of his actual character and personality is that much more impactful. So he actually, this is the first time you're meeting him that he takes off his mask, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, never mind. This guy's a real creep. Like, he's just a creepy, weird dude. Remind me what he looks like again. Does he look like just a regular guy, I he, thought? Oh, he's very mm. humanoid. Yeah. He's so like, he's yeah. much more humanoid than the other Twilight creatures mm-hmm. are, but he's got, like, this weird kind of pieced together fish-like mouth almost and he's got like these sharp small teeth Mm -hmm. and these big weird i would describe Mm. him as actually looking very fish-like well his mask has that weird tongue yeah his mask has like those bulging eyes and And the weird tongue up for uh i need to remind myself as well yeah he's pretty creepy so with the mask he's arguably much more intimidating so when he takes the mask off and his real personality comes out you realize he's actually really childlike. Like in his view of the world and his behaviors, he has this very childish bent to him that makes him almost... So that's with the mask. I'm showing Jared a picture of him with the mask. So he's pretty... Yeah, yeah, so you Mm -hmm. would be afraid of that guy. Yeah, that's right. He's a strange guy. You'd look at that guy and be like, holy crap. But that's what he looks like without the mask. He's got those... He does look like a fish. He does. He looks kind of like a fish. And you can see that his face is really kind of almost clownish. Mm -hmm. He's got like the white face and the yellow eyes. And like he's almost more colorful. Looks like something you would see in a masquerade ball, really. Right. Yeah, yeah. So he's really... he's, He's just immature in a big sense. And you're mm-hmm. like, this is the guy? This is the guy that got Midna off her throne and has harnessed the power of Ganondorf and mm-hmm. the evil part of the Triforce? This is the guy? <laughs> yeah. So you're just like, oh, never mind. I can take this guy. This is not going to be hard. So the actual fight is really fun because it takes you through past bosses. So Zant basically warps reality 
to go back and visit previous arenas where you fought bosses. But from it's, the game from or the from game. previous games? No, from this game. Oh, okay. Because that would be cool. But it's him that you're fighting. So it's kind of like he almost mimics the powers and abilities of past I see. bosses. Okay. But it's him that you're actually fighting. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get to like a portion of the stage where it's just you and him. So it's like him as he really is with no no frills, no additional stuff. And you're like, this guy's a psycho. <laughs> because like the whole time he's got this really creepy laugh. Yeah, I was going to say, I wish we had sound bites. Yeah, he's really, he, it's really creepy. And you're like, I cannot wait to smash his face in. <laughs> this this guy cannot get gone fast enough. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, of course, you do beat him and you smack the crap out of him. Midna gets her realm back, essentially. But that's not the end of the game. So this is just a part of it. It's very close to the end. So once you get rid of Zant, it's kind of Midna's realization of, oh, I actually have a lot more magic than I thought I did. Mm. You know, I can definitely, I, I've, I've got the power. I can mm. do this. So then after that, you kind of proceed more toward the actual end of the game. But that dungeon in particular always really sticks out in my mind as being one of the more memorable, weird, weird places I've ever been, really in a lot of the games. Mm-hmm. I like it. Nice. That's cool. I remember a very specific cinematic where Zant, maybe it's when he's first introduced. I don't know when it is, but he has his two Twilight. They're like kind of dogs. They're they like are four-legged the, creatures, I, I just, like monkeys. I think they actually have names, but I yeah. just call them Twilight Beasts. Uh-huh, and they have those like, that's what they, masks got these on. weird flat masks. That they can't like, you couldn't like, see out of. Yeah, and like all of these weird But he comes in, and, and you like can't see his limbs because his coat's so yeah, big, and they're walking yeah. side by side. It's a very nice yeah, entrance. It, that, that, that's his very first entrance. That's his first one. So that's when you're like, oh, this guy's bad. News. Yeah, it's a very cool And then entrance. later in the Palace of Twilight, you're like, never mind. Not near Never mind. Okay, that's a good one. I'm that glad you got um, nice, nice way to fit Zelda in there. Yeah, just a little. I uh, had had to figure out. Mm, mostly, it was just because I've been thinking about Twilight Princess twenty four seven. Cannot wait. How many more days is it? When's it coming out? It's been a month. Oh right man, now, it's right? a leap year. That's an extra day. Yeah. I have to wait. <laughs> this is horrible. Horseshit. They knew what they were doing. They they knew. (laughs) Logan's not going to like this. No, I'm not pleased. (laughs) It'll be here before you know it. Don't worry. I can't wait. I'm currently waiting for... We'll have to have a party. Twilight Princess Mm. party. Yeah, have a cake. Oh, I'm waiting for Far Cry Primal. Well, I noticed your background. Is that... That's Far Cry 3. That's Far Cry 3. Yep, yep, yep. Far Cry Primal comes out in less than a month. I've seen some more stills from it, and it's looking good. It looks so good. Right on. But anyway, I'm waiting for The Division. The division looks good yeah. too. I've seen more about that. That, looks, that, that looks pretty sweet too. I'm curious to play it. People are saying it's going to be this year's Destiny. Yeah, well, hopefully it's a little bit. Hopefully more, better. Uh, I was about to say, wasn't last Destiny. year's Destiny a little disappointing? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't last year's Destiny <laughs> Destiny? Last year's Destiny <laughs> was just still Destiny. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's all the conversation. So I think <clears throat> I'll go ahead and jump into mine. All right, we'll just keep going clockwise-ish around the table. So mine. Isn't necessarily one that it, it's my number three. Isn't one necessarily that I picked because I like it. Mm. I picked it because I had never seen anything quite like it in a in a game before, and I thought it was very. It got a lot of attention because people were like, "What is this? How did this? How is this okay? Like, mm-hmm. how did this get cleared?" Mm-hmm. And the level that I'm talking, the mission that I'm talking about is no Russian. From Call of Duty Modern no, Warfare that's 2. That's the famous... Um, yeah. Don't spoil, that, don't spoil okay, it. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I even, I've never played it, I, but I know about this. Yeah, so I don't this know one, anything about it. Modern this Warfare... This is the first mission. time this has happened. I played <laughs> basically all the Call of Duties. I think the only one I haven't played is like Call of Duty 3. And it was terrible, apparently, from what I've heard. <laughs> and so... 
this is so this is a Modern Warfare two, and you put it in, you install it, you start it up, you're like, all right, let's get into this campaign, and it pops up with a warning that says graphic graphic something. It's like a warning saying like. There's a level in this game that it features intensely graphic content. Do you and we're giving you the option now to skip it. It will not affect the story, but huh. you don't have to play it. Hmm. And obviously, I'm intrigued. At this obviously, point. you say. And I'm obviously continue. like, <laughs> yes, I want to see what this is. Yes, you can't just tell me that. I would love the breakdown of how many people said no. Yeah, and how that, many I'm said sure there's yes. a way to figure that out. No. But anyway, so the mission. I want to say it's like the third mission in the game. It's very early on, oh. and because the whole point of the game is you are part of this. Uh, task force sent to hunt down a Russian terrorist, Makarov, and who is you know instilling terror all across the world. And now, what time period, more or less, is this? Is this so modern? It's modern, time? Right. It's modern day, present. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you're, you know, everyone's trying to track down this Makarov, and so in the pre, you know in the pre level briefing and everything, you hear these people talking about, and just like, oh, he's going to do all this stuff, you know. It's, and you're and you're talking to they're talking to your character and like we're gonna you know insert you you you, you know we've spent all this time getting you ready and you don't know the cost that it's taken to get you this close to Makarov you know basically you're gonna be an inside agent in his but you didn't have organization. to like, do any of that stuff you're just put into that like you just start the game and like they're telling you all that yeah stuff. they're telling so you this while we can't you're okay. just listening okay as, okay at, I guess at I this am point <laughs> yeah and so it starts off and it show and it starts off and you're in the elevator with Makarov and these three and these three other guys two other guys maybe. Two or three other guys, and um, it's going up, and the, you know you're, you got like bulletproof vests on. You got these huge machine guns, light machine guns, and everything go- going up, and you're going up this deal, and you know, and Macarol like turns to you and he's like, "Are you ready?" You know, and all this, and you're like, "Yeah," and he's just like, "Remember, no Russian." Before the as the doors open, doors open, and you're in a completely crowded el- uh, airport in Moscow, and you just start hosing everyone down. God, it's terrible. It, it, I watched it this morning, and I hadn't played Modern Warfare two in in a, in a long time, and I and I was watching. It, and I was like, "Damn, yeah, that's pretty." I mean, just yeah. like you don't you yourself don't have to actually like shoot just regular, but you're civilians? supposed to. You're supposed to. Yeah, no, yeah. You're, it's just you're yeah, just, it's just an airport huh. of civilians. Just moaned okay. out. Just you're just it's and it's just like and people are like screaming and running and you're just like and like they don't have weapons so they're just not fighting back at all. And you see, just, this is why we need more guns in airports. <laughs> It's just like, and you're just like masked, and like security forces try to come and, and stop it, but like obviously there's no security forces, no match at all. Eventually the police come, and all that stuff. And basically, what is no Russian? Like don't so, kill any Russians? What is it? It or is don't a speak Russian, Russian airport. Russian? I was about to say, yeah, it's in don't, yeah, it's don't speak Russian. Don't speak because Russian. here's the thing. Because at the so you go through the whole thing, you destroy this entire airport. Basically, you you know uh, kill a whole lot of police and special forces people who come and try to stop you. And then you're getting into this ambulance to make your getaway at the very end. Mm-hmm. Makarov turns around and shoots you because he found out that you were American. Oh, man. Who told? Oh. Hey, well, at least place. you die. You know? At least you get. <laughs> but so that's know, why he says no Russian because then they discover an American's body. And oh. so he, they make, he makes everyone think the, an American – the Americans are behind oh, the attack. Oh, I Thus inciting like this huge world oh, war incident. Oh, boy. Well, so it's – Yeah, no. I'll give so, him credit there for – No, it's a very imaginative this, yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Like it's – it's, and I'm interested that's the direction they went – they chose to go. And that's why I pick it. I'm, I'm stating this for the record. I do not enjoy mowing down masses of unso- <laughs> unarmed civilians <laughs> Good. Good in Call that. of Duty. I this list is this mission is on my list just because I had never seen anyone up to that point have the balls <laughs> to make an episode like uh, a mission like that sure. in a game. 
yeah, that's pretty risque. You know, that's a touchy subject, especially with like how I know, right? You know, I know top, this was like four or five. I feel like it no, might be a little more recent, touchy two now. Two years but ago, what when year was did, it? What year Modern Warfare Two? Warfare Two was. Shit, it still would have been post nine eleven, right? So that would have been oh, a big oh, deal. oh, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it was past that. Um, let me see when this comes out. Uh, just doing a quick little fact check, uh, but yeah, no, especially now, um, like with all the yeah, the terror I feel like if they did that something stuff, similar, that, that something again, probably wouldn't fly yeah, near probably... as much as it did now. Uh, Two thousand nine is when it came out. Two thousand nine, okay, yeah. so like five years ago. Yeah, it's but so still, but for, for like. Yeah. Seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> what, what year is it? 2016. <laughs> oh, my God. It's not 2014? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I just totally accepted, I I just totally accepted your math. I was like, I that's know. accurate. I accepted it, too. <laughs> um, but no, like, it's it was ridiculous. It's I remember playing, and that mission ended, and I was like, what now, did wait, I just so win? Yeah, that's pretty uh, die, or does he Yeah, just... your character dies. Oh, but so then, then, so take then over for another the rest character. of the game, you're guy. Yeah, in Modern Warfare, the Modern no, Warfare the ones, you, you switch around. <laughs> done. You, three missions, that's it. Um, <laughs> you switch around between different characters. Oh, okay. So you're not just one person. Oh, okay. Like, you'll be a, a guy in this Task Force 1 mission. You'll be one in this one. And next Do you one. ever get to be a lady? Uh, not in this one, no. Lame. In the newer ones that you do. Not interested anymore. Lame. Black Ops, Black <laughs> I mean, Ops 3 I mean, you get it's still to. interesting. Just a little lame. Um, well, I'm glad you, you included something like that into this list because, tech, yeah, I know we did favorite or best campaign missions. I don't know how we stated it at first, but that is a very, and I've even heard about that through internet forums or online or what have you, that that is a very well-known and talked about This is the first mission. time I have yeah. ever hearing about uh, yeah. it. I'm yeah. not and even I always, sure. And I always you should go, you should go watch a, you should, I probably will now. You should go watch, a, watch a, a, video. a gameplay video of it, yeah, because yeah, it's ridiculous. And then I know Modern Warfare 3 kind of had the same, had a similar thing, but not near as bad, because in one cutscene, they show a, a chemical attack on a city, Ooh. and like, a, a gas attack, basically, and it's and so, but it's the same kind of thing. It's just like all these people just walking around, mm-hmm. being like, "Oh, that's a, what a wonderful day!" Right. And, uh, either <laughs> London or Paris, and then yeah, this a truck explodes and all this stuff, and you know, and then like one of the people you see dies, like a family, uh, uh, you know, it's just like God, they're so that's so like. Uh, it's just manipulative and exploitative. See, this kind of stuff doesn't happen in Mario. <laughs> that's very funny that you mentioned Mario because that's a great segue, actually. So oh, really? it is. Nice. Yeah, I don't really have much more to say about this one than that. I, I mean, want to get off this subject. It's, it's very. <laughs> I feel weird. Yeah, I don't. I have nothing more to say. But then, other than just like that level stuck with me because of the audacity of what and it. And I do right. definitely agree that you can still have one super standout mission or level mm-hmm. in a mediocre or not or otherwise not interesting game. Modern Warfare Two was so, excellent, actually. It was a really good one, but like that one, just to have yeah. of what it's of what it was was yeah. just very. I'm shocking. just saying it doesn't have to be your favorite game. Oh no, 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 to no. Still right. have a sure. big highlight. Oh, right. definitely, very definitely. True. All right, so we'll segue in now. Speaking, Speaking of, Mario, of Mario, back to Mario. Yes, I'll I'll keep things light now. <laughs> Go with all the opposite end. Thank Zelda, <laughs> death <laughs> in an airport. <laughs> Mario Kart. No. <laughs> Mario Kart specifically. So here we go. We're going to kind of talk about what campaign missions are because okay. when people think of Mario Kart say, 64, where, where are we going I doubt here? that people think about it's the not really campaign. A mission in that one. <laughs> no. But there is a multiplayer mode and there's like a single player yeah, mode. Yeah, no. And obviously I'm talking specifically about the single player mode and how you must traverse through each cup. Yep. You know, that's the, uh, and remind me, is there a flower cup? There's flower cup. There's mushroom. Mushroom cup. Did 64 have the lightning cup? Lightning cup, I believe so. Uh, Actually, I don't know. With I mean, all the new DLC cups, I'm like, the Triforce cup, the Hyrule cup, isn't that <laughs> one of them? <laughs> that, <laughs> that one's, that one's not enough. It's legit. <laughs> the cup 
that I'm specifically talking about is the special cup. And that is the last one. Even though I think you actually unlock it in Mario sixty Mario Kart sixty four. I think it's already unlocked. You don't have to. Oh really? I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's. I, don't, I think it's just there. But My memory that's, really blurs the. I haven't played, really I haven't played Mario sixty four from a clean install in a long time. From Mar- Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, Mario Kart. Sorry. <laughs> the special cup has four maps, like all the other ones. Four maps, four tracks, and I believe Don- Donkey Kong Jungle is on there. DK's Jungle, Yoshi's track. Yes. Boo's Mansion. Right. And, of course, I don't know if Rainbow Road. Mansion. Rainbow Road. I just looked it up, and I think Bowser's I Bowser's Castle. Maybe it's Bowser's Castle. Oh, Bowser's Castle. Maybe it's his Bowser's about. Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Mansion. I don't know, actually. No, Bowser's Castle I think it's Bowser's Castle. It feels okay. like lava, and there's, like, ghosts and stuff everything all around. Actually, there's that that lava and Bowser's ghosts like and I can kind of remember it. Yeah. Well, you Bowser's Castle. Well, yeah, if we do Bowser's Castle, that's when you go inside the castle, draw bridge. You know, it's a great map. DK Jungle. And the reason I picked the Special Cup, because all of those maps are very iconic for me. And, like, whenever me and my buddies would go back and play one of those cups, we'd pretty much always do the special cup. Yeah. Mainly for Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road is such an excellent map. It's and the best so one. much fun it's to play. So it trippy. really is. And, and, <laughs> and it's obviously the one I think that they're like, it's just the icing on the cake. Like they really want to make that map stand out. And I think they really did. And that's why I'm including it. <laughs> but DK's Jungle is also a really great track from Mario 64. Isn't that one, that don't, one. don't uh, like monkeys throw coconuts at you? Well, if or you go that, outside of the actual that's right, track, that's right. coconuts in, in do like, fly. Oh I don't know if I never thought saw monkeys. I, but I, I would assume it's monkeys throwing coconuts. You're probably right, but they would just fire out like pistol shots from the oh jungle. God. Maybe I never went off the track. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, you're that. perfect every time. No, I was always just shooting off the waterfalls. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that had that faint, a great jump over a steamboat. That, and, oh, and that's yeah, what yeah, what yeah. I loved about the Mario Kart games was each lap would kind of incorporate something a little bit different mm-hmm. and or something would progress. For instance, the steamboat was very far down the river the first time you go around, and by the third time you're actually jumping over it. You know, small touches like that. That's I what, really what's love. The, what's, which, which, which course is the desert one that has the train? The train, yeah. That's yeah. Um, I think that's with Moomoo Farms. And yeah. <laughs> Moomoo Farms. <laughs> and I think that's one of the earlier cups. Yeah. But I know you're talking about the train. Yeah, because the train like sometimes pre- would completely screw you up. It, it'd become more of a threat, I think, more as the laps went on. Yeah. It'd be, it would be kind of sync up with where the players are more yep. towards the end. But yeah, all that stuff I really always enjoyed with Mario Kart and kind of kept it interesting and dynamic as you played. You know, just little touches like that can go a long way. But I it also, remember hitting a lot of cows. <laughs> yeah, on Moo Moo Farm. Um, and I think more cows, cows came you they know, did. into the no, track. No, they did. Exactly. And I was like, these goddamn yeah, cows. Goddamn cows. <laughs> and Yoshi's Island is a really... Do you guys remember that one? That was really unique. That one's hard. It's, it's very difficult. It's got very like thin, a lot of deep caverns. And deep caverns. Sure very thin track. But it was one of the more interesting tracks because you could essentially there was multiple ways to traverse it. Right. You could go in different directions. It was almost like this open world map. It was very interesting, <laughs> and you didn't have to basically stay on course. Like and you, three different ways, I think. You yeah, did. and some, some were that. more risky. Some had offered rewards, but there was just a multitude of ways to go through the map. And I I liked stuff like that, even though I did I probably cursed more in that map than any other map. <laughs> oh, that, that is that a crazy. That is a difficult map. Um, Bowser's Castle is pretty awesome as well. Going through Bowser, it, like the details and like how it all looks is pretty amazing. The fire coming out of the mouths over lava bridges, you know, very dynamic, yep. very interesting map. And of course, Rainbow Road. So I wanted to do the Special Cup as one of my favorites because, like I said, that was what we always gravitated towards. If we're if we weren't going to play the balloon popping Mario or multiplayer oh, on like yeah. Block Fort, which, which was so much fun, <laughs> and of itself, Sam beats my ass. Really? <laughs> oh my god, she's so good at it. We used to like. 
all sit on on this particular map. It's like Lego blocks. I forget the name. It's like Block World or something. But it was basically four different block <laughs> oh, yeah. towers connected mm-hmm. by tall bridges or yep. you know long bridges. And we'd all get green turtles and shoot them off <laughs> the edge. And they'd, we'd all have like we'd have like thirty green turtles flying around. And then we would just go down there and like just see what happens. Just yeah, see who can last longest. Yeah, that's awesome. Skill survival mode. It was. Um, but Rainbow Road, obviously, I know many people have talked about it and how much fun it is and the amazing shortcuts that are one in every ten chance you actually get. Yeah, where you <laughs> can, like, jump off one and, like, and fall, land on like, the next five. One. Yes, yeah. exactly. I only ever do it by accident. Oh. Like, I'm never, I'm never <laughs> I just trying. Try. I'm just like, oh, this is a nice yeah. turn of events. Oh, <laughs> last of first, instantly. <laughs> and it just has that nice wonderful mario feel like characters are in the sky traced by stars <laughs> you know it's just kind <laughs> of like just innocent and wonderful i mean i always feel like i'm playing mario kart for rainbow road right like yeah. all it is the maps the map. before that i'm like how can we get through this faster right even though the ones i mentioned i think in the special cup are really great i when i originally was thinking of this i was like i love wario stadium that was like one of my favorite maps but the other maps in that cup I didn't love as much. I think maybe Toad's Turnpike is on oh, there. Oh, God. I, God I hate, damn, I hate that map. I hate Toad's Turnpike. <laughs> yes. That is a very frustrating map. I think I, I remember which one Boo's Mansion is. Is that the one that's like you're on a dock and there's like mm-hmm. water? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're right. That one, is, like, that one isn't it's as like special. It's like a swampy. Those are yeah. the ones I always do the worst at. Like, oh, I, I yeah. love them the most for the yeah. atmosphere. You know I love It doesn't those. even feel like a racetrack. It's it like really I'm on like a rickety, like, back alley. Yeah. Floating dock. What is this? Here we are in the bayou. Yeah. No. I know, I know which one you're talking about now. I can, I Who can would build that. a mansion here? Right. Yes. <laughs> Boo um, but that's 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 really it. That was the special cup, and that is a. Uh, I wanted to try to incorporate that in somehow because I I played that many many times in my nice. life. Nice. Mm-hmm. Made my favorite I, Mario Kart cup. I think that counts as mission. I think it does too. You got you got to go through it. And, you know, actually know it. Game. Does. I mean, it's a defined. <laughs> you know what? Pick yeah. a new one. Pick a new one. <laughs> I've just decided it does not count. <laughs> it just decided. New game. <laughs> So, Mogan, what is your okay, number two? So, I promise we're getting to the game where I actually think it counts as an actual campaign mode. But for now, we're going to go back to Okami. Oh, yeah. So, wow. you guys remember. Yeah. So a shout out to episode, episode one. That's right. Wow. So, it's been, I was like, man, I feel like I talk about it all the time. But it's actually not. It's my thoughts. I'm, <laughs> that's like with me I'm and Halo. I actually don't it. mention yeah. Halo all that much. I know. And that's but why I'm always thinking about it. Yeah. Like, we're always like, oh, I'm man, trying not to. Yeah, that's right. That's how I feel like. I like I play a lot of Call of Duty, but like I haven't really talked yeah. about Call of Duty that much. So, these people say they're fans of these games. I don't think so. I never run into them online. Yeah, I actually don't think they're So, Okami definitely still stands as in the hierarchy of my favorite games of all time. And so I was thinking about it, and I was like, when was the last time I actually talked about it? And it's been too long. If this is episode 10, then it's been too long. Right. We can start over. We can start over. Square one. (laughs) So Okami, um, for those of you who don't know, takes place in medieval Japan. Like Mm. very, very long time ago, there were still, you know, a very strong spiritualistic element of it. You know, Taoism and Deism and lots of gods and all kinds of fun stuff. So in the beginning portions of the game, it very much just feels like, regular medieval japan you're like okay i'm on board with all this gods on earth stuff and things like that i can i can handle this but slowly throughout the game there's more and more revealed that's like are we sure that this is just regular old gods because stuff keeps happening 
like a lady came to Earth and then flew back up to the moon in a spaceship. <laughs> I'm not so sure about this. Just all, all, so just, just all sorts of so, so like I was really. We've talked about this before. When I was young, I was way more stupid than I am now. <laughs> so like when I was playing I'm the, the game, because <laughs> when I was playing the game for the first time, I was like, where, where, where are we going with this? What's happening? Like it really took a long time for me to catch on to the fact that the game was actually headed towards the gods and demons in question are actually, or specifically the demons, you could argue that the gods are not, but specifically the demon forces that you are fighting in medieval Japan are actually aliens. Hmm. So they are actually aliens that have come to Earth on this thing called the Ark of Yamato, and it just basically crash-landed on Earth and released all of this evil into the world, and those are the demons that you're battling. So the, the it really just did not sink in at all for me. I probably wouldn't have seen that either. I, and, I mean, the, looking back on it, like the hints were all over <laughs> so the place. Obvious, Logan. like it was so stupid, obvious. Stupid. It's like, man, I really probably should have seen it coming, <laughs> but it didn't really start sinking in for me until I got to the second to last real dungeon mm-hmm. of the game. So you're like progressing towards the end of the game. Things are getting progressively darker and darker. You know, you're really feeling the evil Mm. in the world. And you're like, oh, man, things are getting bad. The game's actually getting kind of hard. I didn't sign up for this. I wanted an easy game. But eventually you get to this place called uh, Mount Ezofuji. And it is basically two different mountains side by side. So there's like one giant mountain here and one right next to it. Mm -hmm. And they are connected via basically the temple that's built within the mountain. So Mount Ezofuji is um, more or less, I wouldn't say governed. It's like watched over by these two... They're actually statues. They are Lechku and Nechku. And they look like big owl statues. And like considering that all of the other gods in the games are very much based off of animals, you're like, oh, this makes sense. Owls, that's normal. But as it turns out, they're not just regular owls. They are clockwork mechanical things. Mm. They're like these weird, and their motions when they're flying around are very, like, stilted and mm. clockworky. And you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, now things are getting a little That's weird. Interesting, yeah. Because when you first, you like, I really did not see it coming. So when you first enter the actual, I think it's called Waku Shrine, which is the shrine that's built into the mountain where Lechku and Nechku are, it's like you see immediately that this is not like other stages in the game. It's again, it's very, it's almost like being in a clock tower because everything is mechanized. Everything is moving very quickly. And actually part of the whole difficulty of the game is that you constantly have to use your basically slow down time power mm-hmm. to slow things down enough just for you to be able to traverse the game hmm. because the level is moving so quickly and everything is happening so fast that you're like, this is impossible. <laughs> and if you like jump onto a platform that's moving too quickly it kind of knocks you off in a very dramatic fashion and i died a lot (laughs) a lot a lot because as if clockwork weren't enough it's also an ice stage Hmm. so everything is covered in ice uh icicles are basically falling on you all the time to kill you you have to melt all the ice or slide off the edge i did that so much 
much. So, so then you figured times. out that you could just slow down time, or so, that you had yes, to slow down no, time. No, you had this power. You had, yeah. So but one of you... the powers that you got a long time ago from a drunken sheep god was the that avail- makes sense. That it makes does. sense. I'm on board. Like this drunk sheep gives you the power to slow down time as he's like stumbling around, <laughs> like super sheep? drunk. That, wow. He's like he slows here, time so he can maintain his footing. The power to slow down time, and you're like, thank you, drunken sheep. This is great. And actually, where you find that drunk sheep is quite literally in like a bottle of alcohol. Like you have to shrink down and go to him, and he's like, "Hey there, friend!" And you're like, "Oh God!" Uh, sheep in a bottle, <laughs> a little lost. You, you, you need some. I want to the genie. <laughs> have you considered therapy? But anyways, so eventually, you get to the actual boss. Which first, I think you only fight one of them. Mm-hmm. So Lechku and Nechku, at being like these shrine guardians, you would think they'd be kind of good. They're not. They they came to life in ancient times and decimated the people that lived at the base of their mountain. And you have to go and fight them now because they've come back to life. They've reanimated, and they're doing exactly what they did in the past. They're just killing people right and left. Okay. So in order to save this poor little village that is right at the base of this mountain, you have to fight them. And so you get to, I think it's Nechku first. And fighting Nechku is really weird. Like, just their movements are so creepy. It really, like, sticks in your mind. You're like, oh, this is bad news. But where things get even weirder, and where I kind of started to finally feel like the weird sort of aliens thing is, at one point, you have to actually... Well, how am I going to phrase this? Okay, so... God, there's a lot more backstory here that I should have thought out sooner. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Right. So you are Amaterasu. You're a wolf god on Earth, blah, blah, blah. You have a past life. And in the very first incarnation of kind of Amaterasu, you were this wolf... Just not really a god, kind of like a demigod called Shiranwi. And Shiranwi is just like this regular white wolf from ancient, ancient, ancient times that did a heroic deed and died and became a god. And that's you, you're Amaterasu, you're the god now. So you're kind of like a reincarnation of your past self, which is Shiranwi. So you get to Nechku. And you're fighting him, and you're doing a terrible, terrible job. Like, it's a really hard boss. Nechku is really difficult. So you're doing a crap job, and then all of a sudden, boom, Shiranui shows up. And you're like, wait, that's, that's me from the past. What's going on here? So then there's this big incorporation of time travel into the game, and you're just like, oh, okay. So at one point, your past self kind of starts to die, and you're like, oh boy, this is bad. What's going to happen to me if he dies first? So that it's just really weird. I'm and already. I'm, 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 I don't like, I'm trying to process <laughs> this. I'm just like, I should even. I don't think <laughs> like, I can. I would have to draw you a timeline because you fight. Get up the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah, we, Bring we, in the whiteboard we, fender. We need a whiteboard. <laughs> Our assistant fender. Yeah. So it's just the this whole incorporation of time travel and having to go back in time. And Sharon, with your past self coming forward in time to save you to save him but he dies anyway but he has to die the right way it's just like okay things have gotten really really weird wow and it what's the mission what's the are we still talking we're still talking about specifically waku shrine okay so really that's the whole camp air quotes yes campaign is going is going through this is going going through through the waku shrine and just that's that's the most complicated mission there is it is so that's the thing (laughs) it was all of this complexity and it unveiled all of these additional layers of backstory that you were just like holy crap a lot more is happening than i kind of realized at first yeah and that finally 
sunk in to my thick skull, I was like, oh, okay, now I see. Because it's essentially Waku Shrine is the setup for the last mission of the game, which is the, the Ark of Yamato. Where all the demons come from, the source of all evil in your entire world, you have to go and fight that. And Waku Shrine is really the tone setup. Because before this, you could argue that the game is pretty happy and cool and go lucky and all this stuff. And then you get to walk your shrine and you're like, oh god, no. You actually feel it for the first time. You really feel Mm -hmm. the gravity of this evil that you've been fighting the whole time. So it just never sank in for me before then. And then you get to walk your shrine, fight these weird mechanical demons and then they kind of, they don't really die. They just go back to their demon essence and fly to the Ark of Yamato, kind of like to flee you, and you're like, oh no, suckers, mm, you're not you. getting away from <laughs> me. So you really have to go and chase down every evil creature you've ever mm. fought at the Ark. So it's just, in terms of the game shifting perspective, that was when it finally was like, oh, okay, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now I see where we're going with this. Yeah. So cool. that, that was like the turning point for me, the second to last dungeon. <laughs> when, <laughs> finally, when, I get it. it finally, it's when, supposed when, to be kind of dark. It's like, okay, oh, all right. So it just never got in before then. So it was definitely when I actually saw the game for a big portion of what it really was. So it was very, very impactful. Had a lot of, had a lot of weight behind it. All right. Yeah, you should you should you play it. So yeah, if I played I, it, I, I would have you talked about, you've talked about this game. It sounds it's fun. It does. It's a lot more sense. Right. What you and, well, right. And, and what interests me most about all that is shrinking myself into a liquor bottle and finding a drunk sheep. Yeah, that so that's was actually fun, pretty fascinating. That's a fun yeah. sheep god. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this game's. He's a I cool like this. dude. <laughs> I want to get into small bottles with sheep. Yeah, drunk sheep. <laughs> drunk sheep. I can't life be like that. <laughs> so his actual how you enact the time slowing down is like you go to. Um, basically your painting mode and you just 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 draw two really short almost like an equal sign bam mm-hmm. bam just two and really short things down. and then i am a sucker for down. time travel max Payne is yeah. like one of the, my favorite games of all well, time well eventually bullet, bullet time, okami time has is, all yes. kinds of time travel i love some time travel it's such a great bullet time I, uh, <laughs> super sweet it's, it's so cool man you're just flying you feel like yeah. you're in the matrix <laughs> Okay, that's good. There's you no need bullet to play time that. in Okami, but there's other stuff. I need to play that so I can get on that. Level I do too. I need to. I know. It it sounds like a very sounds interesting cool. game, and I said this back in episode one, and I still haven't played it. Yeah, I know. Sounds, now it's gonna be episode sounds, twenty. Now's, now's and you're a good, like, oh, it'll yeah. be episode one hundred. Yeah. Now's a good time. <laughs> good time to play it. So my number two, and this one is actually a mission that I liked. <laughs> Careful, <laughs> Careful, <I> Jarrett. <laughs> that I didn't feel like bad about myself for playing. No. So mine comes from Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. Which I still I hold. I seen this coming. <laughs> I still hold Assassin's Creed 2. It might be my favorite of the series so far. The pinnacle. Of what, I, of what I've played, which is interesting that it's game number two. Although not really. It's their um, masterpiece. It is. It was good. Because the first one was really great. It had a lot of good things going for it. You know, obviously it launched this massive franchise. Assassin's Creed 2 took, the, took one and... Cleaned it up, made it nicer, gave you more things to do and see. Because pretty much, if I remember correctly, because it has been a long time since I played Assassin's Creed One, you run, you know you go fight people, but there's not a whole there's not like a big crafting system and all like and anything else like that. Assassin's Creed Two starts implementing all this and like ways for your character to make money other than just like pilfering it off of dead bodies or getting it as a reward <laughs> for completing a mission. World's <laughs> oldest profession. <laughs> so and you can like loot chests and build anyway. Regardless, 
Assassin's Creed. That's not the point of this. Assassin's Creed Two <laughs> is is one of my favorite because of, and I really like the character Ezio Auditore de Firenze. I think. Is is it a, oh, he's from Florence. He I didn't is. know that. He is from Florence. I picked up on that little bit of Italian. And yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and so, it, and so, anyway, you're this character, and he it's it starts as you know you're a you're a young man, and your family is executed unjustly in the very beginning mm. of the naturally game. of course because it course. all ties into the to the whole assassin's creed thing where there's this these these two um secret societies basically the templars and the assassins who are all trying to the assassins are trying to restore world order from the from the templars who are trying to like take it over and like and rule over things through the control of these old ancient uh alien artifacts that have been discovered so like in this one you find it at the end well, there's of there's aliens in this game too yeah oh hmm. now okay now you've got me yeah now i'm interested it's got this huge <laughs> huge long backstory so but at the end of assassin's creed one you find one of the artifacts the apple of eden and it has some like mind some like mind physical control capacity yeah, it to can't it. be a good thing no <laughs> and so real bad so anyway so again suffering this is like leading up to it you're trying to you're trying to get this back and this one goes through like you uncover this conspiracy, this whole conspiracy through like the big um, that your your father was an assassin, and and so it, the Templars were able to root him out and, and execute him. But you're just all discovering this, and you eventually you're training as the game progresses, learning more about this, and eventually you discover that the head that one of the head of the Templars at this point uh, is uh, Pope Rod- Rodrigo Borgia. Oh God, the Pope. So, which is interesting, which I always thought was cool, because, like, the Borgias were an actual... Oh, yeah. Like, no, they're bad news. Yeah. I know about them. Yeah. They're a real historical family. They, they are. And so, like, you know, and that's what, uh, one of the things I've always liked about Assassin's Creed, yeah, how it's mixed, is how it's mixed yeah. fantasy, this fantasy thing with mm-hmm. actual like history. history. And so, I think, which is another reason why I like this. So, here we are. It's the final mission of the game. Is, is what this one's called. One. Do you okay. get to fight the Pope? It's called Unguard. <laughs> Boca Alupo, which is what the mission's called, which I just was looking it up on Google Translate. And Google, tra- like, it starts, when you start typing it out, it's like in the mouth of, and then you add Lupo, and it says, good luck. Huh. So I think it's in the mouth of wolves because I know Lupo oh, I was is about to say that yeah. looks like mouth of wolves. Yeah, in that's that sounds better that's than just like badass. a level called good luck. Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm going to go with it's called in mouth of wolves. In, in mouth, mouth of wolves. wolves. Basically, what it is, it's the shipping. final. It's the final mission. You're and the thing is, you gotta assassinate the pope. Oh my wow. god! To steal back the apple of Eden. Sacrilege! Wow! Yeah. Which yes. Epic. Which but you it, don't actually get to fight. Like he doesn't come out does with he put his up pope a fight? staff yeah, and like right? try to beat the crap <laughs> he, out of no, you. No, he uses the apple. Oh. If I remember correctly, <laughs> throw it at you. He, he, he uses the <laughs> apple in in some way uh, to like distract you, like bring it and all the like other guards come in and all this other stuff. But the thing about it is it starts, you're in this like rent warehouse and you have to break into the Sistine chapel and everything is, is where he's at, but you're running. But the whole thing of this, this mission is you're running like on the rooftop of this wall on this wall to like get to it. Um, and you will encounter guards and they're, you know, they get progressively harder the farther you go on this wall. But, um, and then you'll like ride a horse at one point across the wall. Might be there's a horse. But the one, the one thing why I liked it is like a sat- <laughs> there's a horse, there's a sword. <laughs> you have these weapons, and you use them to kill people. But the thing of what I like this this mission about the most is that it really gave the sense that you had reached 
like master assassin level. I was, that's what oh, I thought okay. you were going to say. You probably oh, okay. like you utilize all your skills, I imagine, in like perfect harmony. Exactly. Oh, okay. Most gotcha. sometimes, like, and this is one thing, like, especially too, since it was one of the earlier games. Some the like sometimes the controls for like the climbing and the jump and like maneuvering mm-hmm. around, like climbing and stuff, could be a little clunky. Yeah. But this is the first time, and maybe I it just all like several things all just clicked at once uh-huh. and everything felt so fluid to me and that's like, a good feeling when you're like hitting yeah. those combos in any game when you finally feel like you're like yes yeah well, because like normally the you're master. one with the game <laughs> exactly and that's exactly what <laughs> that's i felt a good like feeling, I and so like there there'll be parts you know the normal soldiers are pretty easy to take care of but then every once in a while there would be like heavy soldiers who are like really armored they have big weapons and if they hit you they'll like really do a lot of damage mm-hmm. and like throw off your your groove and all this other stuff. <laughs> um, I'm grooving, man. Well, no, because like a big thing of the fighting of the combat system of Assassin's Creed is it's all very fluid. You're like right. countering, you're just like spinning. timing. It is. It's all timing. Yeah. And if you get hit by one of these guys, it like causes you to stumble back mm-hmm. and you can't regain in time, then you might be just open to a whole bunch of other different attacks. But like so I remember it'd be like you jump you jump off some guys rush at you. You just like take them all out. Run up another clock tower. Can jump off. Assassinate people as you land, like with your hidden blades, <laughs> yes. and then just keep ru- and just keep running the gun. And eventually, you get to the pope and you know do your thing. And how do you kill him? Hidden blade. You just like is just, it like epic or is it like just like you, you just stab him in the neck? I guess no, no, no. no it, I, it, I don't it know. Is epic. That he doesn't you, actually you do, fight you do battle with him. Does he for, like, yeah, does with he a little bit. Because like I said, he, I think <laughs> does he, he summon <laughs> the holy powers to like smite you? <laughs> I, he uses the apple of Eden in some way, and I can't remember exactly because it's been a long time. Um, yeah, but but no, yeah. So you you assassinate him, and the one thing cool thing about Assassin's Creed is every time you assassinate one of like the, your main targets, mm-hmm. it always like before they die, you like have this monologue, like you talk with them and all this oh, stuff. Oh, badass! But, yeah, and they're like you know trying to explain their actions mm-hmm. and all this or whatever, blah blah blah, and then you know they die and, and bite thy tongue. And then he's like, <laughs> and then Ezio does like rescuiat in pace, and then like closes their eyes, uh, and so like it's awesome. That's he's awesome. got honor. He's not. He just, he's not just a killer, <laughs> yeah. Logan. And so, <laughs> all right, anyone that kills he the Pope, that's how it sounds. Killed. <laughs> so it kind of it totally you know and, and that's the thing with this level like i said it, it's when i finally felt like Ezio had achieved match master assassin and it's when like you said when i felt one with the game now i could have like played it and done ter- like been falling off walls and like really messed up blocks <laughs> that, because that, was, that was the thing i fought all these people and i didn't die mm. in this mission so that makes it even heightened, even more heightened for you. It's very. It memorable. felt like a very, a very good achievement. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, I could have played this and died a whole lot and got really frustrated because Maybe. I died and finally beat the game. But like, oh, finally I beat the game and just right. like, oh, that was hard. But it felt more like it a felt more like a completion. Yeah. Like I had achieved this this rank. <laughs> Did you stand and, up? And so, I was like, victorious. <laughs> yeah, but no. So for for that reason, the final mission of Assassin's Creed. That's a good one. That's also, a good one. how weird is it that both of our games kind of harken back to the root? of all evil being related to aliens yeah, yeah that's a little strange that's weird that's there's some conspiracy going on between wait, so the wait video what game year world. did assassin's creed 2 come out assassin's who that one's old too uh, well comic is fairly old isn't oh, it came out, i, I, I want to say 2006? assassin's creed 2 might yeah, be that sounds right it might be like 20 it might be 2009 or 2010 i thought you were uh, gonna so say 20 after. years old 20 I was years like, old <laughs> <laughs> for the original playstation graphics graphics are nothing to look for they've made a lot of improvements since then right yeah uh, let me see real quick. Do a quick little fast fact check. Yeah, two thousand nine. Oh, okay. Two thousand nine. So really, not that similar. <laughs> no, yeah, but still, they... it's interesting that they both incorporate. Yeah, that's I funny. mean, that's pretty rare. Which people? Like. Which Wait, people what year did give... the ancient aliens TV show come out? Ah, uh, maybe people are getting inspired. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> no. 
I don't know. People kind of give that the, the back know. the background the back that backstory and all the stuff for Assassin's Creed. They kind of give it crap. They're like, that's that's so far fetched and stuff. It's it's cool. It's cool. I don't play it for that reason. At least right. in Okami, it's like there was a lot of other stuff that you were like, no, this kind of makes sense. Well, Okami, <laughs> yeah. you're like, aren't you a, a yeah? A you're wolf? you're you're a god. You're already. A god. It's, you yeah. Know, yeah. You're they just, can yeah. do whatever they you want. You start that out point. and it's weird. I, lo- I I like the the setup and everything for Assassin's Creed where it's like you're in the future and they. The, I mean, you're in the present day and they have this machine that allows you to access your ancestors' memories to oh, you know yeah. to be able to go back in time that's how you are these people <laughs> and so that's cool that they set it up like that but honestly i'm just like just let me play in this just ancient, give me the game ancient, which you really it's funny you say you that. spend 90 percent of the time in the ancient world but this is every once in a while it's like come on i don't want to see this modern Dude, stuff it's funny you say that i tried to play assassin's creed in college and granted i was with like other friends and i was busy and like oh, i'll just play it but, like let me just hop in there and like run around and i started from the yeah. beginning and i was like i couldn't even get through it i was like i want to be oh. in the ancient world i was like i didn't know it t- took place in present i had to like sit in a chair Gross. and like answer questions what? yeah I was, like, what the, the setup to the setup to the first assassin's creed takes a long yeah time. and i was like this is not why i wanted to pop this game in and play real quick you know so that's why i never actually yeah. really got fully into it but that's another story, story <laughs> i did, I did it deserves time. my attention in, in some small way well let's hear the story it deserves of your... my attention my <laughs> attention is <laughs> is all that matters <laughs> well, well let's hear the story of your number two my number two um oh yes okay so it was a toss-up between a very recent game that i've talked about Fairly recently, Metal Gear Solid. Okay. And this did not make the cut, but it was going to be the first mission in Metal Gear Solid. And Wait, which, the first that's, one or the most recent one? The, the first mission in the most recent Metal oh, Gear okay, Solid. Gotcha. The first I thought you mission, meant the first mission of the first game. No, I don't even know what that entails. <laughs> <laughs> the first mission of the most recent one. So that's just an honorable mention at this point. Okay. But it is a very fantastic mission and a wonderful setup to a very spectacular game. I know I've talked about Metal Gear Solid before, and I always say if you just play those first 20 minutes, you'll be pretty... Hooked. It's really wonderful. But it ultimately lost out to a mission from Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh. One of my favorite Grand Theft Autos of all time, possibly even more than 5. Even though I love 5, 4 for me was... I guess maybe when it came out, I was in... It was just a time when it was pretty revolutionary to see it the jump from 3, Vice City, San Andreas, to 4. It was such a big leap for them. Yeah. That game was so... In what way? In So if you've looked at games like... Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, and how they look. Uh, they're great-looking games, and they take place in like a kind of alternate New York. Grand Theft Auto 4 also takes place in an alternate New York, but they just upped everything to like the next level in terms of open-world activity, oh, okay, gotcha. graphics, what you can do in the city. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like 3 with the store... Like, how you kind of do missions. I mean, Grand Theft Auto's always been kind of a little bit similar to how you do missions, but they always up the ante every time. And 5 is an incredible step up from 4 as well in the way it looks, the size of the map. But for some reason, 4, maybe it's something about New York City. Maybe it's something about Nico Bellic, the main character, who's who's very awesome. And, And it's also a little bit like darker than Grand Theft Auto 5, which is much more bright, sunshine, funny more satirical mm-hmm. LA New York City felt a lot more authentic in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and I really love Grand Theft Auto 4 that's like really one of my favorite GTAs of all time and I love 3 a lot and have, the, just the series is such a great series I feel like I've never heard you talk about Grand Theft Auto I don't think I have ever. so I thought this was a great opportunity I, to is, talk about it quite a I, I, yes, yes I love I this love is Grand all Theft new Auto. information Grand Theft Auto is a great game in my life and um, the, the particular mission I'm talking about Grand Theft Auto 4 is called Three Leaf Clover and Three Leaf Clover is essentially the Grand Theft Auto mission that you want to do every time. <laughs> you know, it's really your secret. Like, it's I, the Rainbow Road of I Grand Theft wish, Auto. I just wish, you know, I love that there's a diverse 
a lot of diverse missions, but some of the missions in like I'm thinking of one in Grand Theft Auto Five is you just towing trucks. You're oh, a tow gross. truck man for I like just played, a I just day. played that, that one. I'm still working yeah, through where you, where you do like yoga stuff, and I'm like, yeah, why? you're like, I, and it's cool and it's immersive and like it kind of there's a slight payoff, but it's like. Yeah, to get through that stuff, it's a little annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and really, this mission, and, and Grand Theft Auto V has its own great big stage missions, but the one from Grand Theft Auto IV, the Three Leaf Clover, is a bank robbery. And that's kind of, for me, and I think for a lot of people, what you really want to do every time. <laughs> like right, every, right. Some rob sort banks. of, just rob a bank, you know, hel- helicopters, planes, you know, anything that incorporates kind of everything that Grand Theft Auto does so amazingly well. But I don't really remember, like, I haven't, it's been a long time since I said played Grand Theft Auto 4, but basically you're with these group of friends. Um, I think it's Patrick. He's this Boston criminal, kind of low-key criminal that you get kind of connected to. And that's all Grand Theft Auto. You're, under, you know, you're the underbelly of society working right. your way up. You know, that's, all Grand Theft, that's what Grand Theft Auto is about. The and American dream. It's the American dream. That is actually a big <laughs> concept that they play on, especially in 5, because you come from three different very particular places one guy kind of has already achieved it hates it two other guys are kind of like one guy's kind of looking for it one guy's just a a lunatic and that's in a whole other story (laughs) but (laughs) trevor Trevor. um but the bank robbery you're with this boston guy or this new yorker and he's got his three brothers with him and he's like listen nico and you're you're a russian immigrant he's like listen we want to bring you on to this thing and you're such a badass he's like you want me you can use me if you don't you know let me go like he was never like you know he doesn't need handouts he can make his own way but they take him on they're kind of assholes to him at first. I just recently watched this to kind of like refresh myself. Yeah. And they're like, oh, can we trust him? Blah, blah, blah. But essentially, you drive to the bank. All four of you guys get out. And there's a pretty cool cutscene of, you know, classic bank robbery. Everyone on the floor. You know, it's just like exciting. And it's like you're doing it. And of course, things go wrong. <laughs> and one of the guys that they put on the ground actually has a gun and shoots one of the brothers. Oh. And he goes down. Vault explodes. Alarms go off. And like everything goes to shit. <laughs> yeah. And so basically... If it wasn't enough, I think anyone can like identify like the idea of like you know doing a heist like this is fun mm-hmm. in and of itself. But when things go wrong and you have to like essentially shoot your way out and get to the getaway car <laughs> and like go down to the subway, I mean they incorporate every layer of the city that they can. You know, you, you can tell it is kind of their um, the the mission that they're trying to showcase. It's their showcase right. mission, you know, in a lot of ways. And so you start up on the streets. Cops everywhere. You go through back alleys. You go through a subway tunnel. You chase a subway train. You get up and you get in a car and there's a car chase. And all the while, you kill like hundreds of cops. And it's a little bit hundreds. different. Like I don't. Literally it's a little bit different hundreds. from the No Russian. Like I know that sounds bad. <laughs> well, it's Grand Theft Auto. It's, it's Grand Theft Auto, and there's there's something about it that seems a little bit. It's just more of like it's a little cartoonish in a, right. in, a in in some small way, and it. Uh, it's just a great mission, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. And like I said, I think that's my biggest selling point. It's kind of what. Grand Theft Auto sets itself up to do very well. By doing all these small missions, you learn how to do this. You learn how to do a drive a car. You learn how to, I don't know what tow trucking cars <laughs> would really ever come in handy, but maybe there right. is a mission in GTA V where you actually have to do that. I don't know. I don't know. There's and like, a couple, there's, I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps. But I've, it, run, I've run into that a little bit with GTA V. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, you're do doing yoga. I know. Like that know. one on the docks with Trevor where you have to like move the shipping containers. Oh, my, no. It's like a game of Tetris. It's just you're like, like, come on. It's slow just motion. Let me, you know, yeah, it like, takes God. so long. It's just like, damn it. Just <laughs> let me, just let me. <laughs> I got to use this. Just let me, let me rob a bra- bank. You know, that's what Too I really want to do. This doesn't qualify as like real on the job training. I know. Right, you can have all of these alternate career paths. Yes, I know. I'm shipping crate certified. It's pretty realistic. I'll give them that. And kudos to them for some killer map building because of all the places to make a game out of i feel like new york is a difficult one new york is i mean it's all miniaturized you know it's all kind of the aspect ratios 
Y or you know small or whatever. And LA is the same way. I mean, but it's it's, it's it's pretty fantastic the way they are able to encapsulate these cities. It's 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 amazing. Just and that's what GTA is great about. You can just walk around and oh, yeah. stuff happens. That's people true. get in fights in front of you. There's car accidents. There's police chasing other people. You know, it's all that amazing stuff. A day stuff. in the life of a New Yorker. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And but the bank robbery. Three Leaf Clover mission is just a great, great Grand Theft Auto mission that deserves my number two spot. Nice. Yes. Okay, so, Mogan, what is your number one? Okay, so this is arguably the game that best fits into the idea of a game having a campaign mode versus all of its other online and multiplayer Finally, components. Finally, you get it right. Finally, I'm getting it right. So whenever I think of games with a campaign mode, what I'm actually picturing in my head is specifically first-person shooters. So Bioshock 2 mm. is mm. arguably the game that I have played that is that fits what I'm actually thinking of when I think those words. Campaign mode, campaign mm-hmm. mission. We should have said story mode. We should, yeah, yeah we should have. Or, but I mean, it's all right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I got to it on your, my own. Your other, your, yeah, yeah, your other, your out. other missions are fine. <laughs> just, just change them though. But Bioshock <laughs> Two count. is still actually my favorite of the Bioshocks. So it's the one that I actually played first. So I didn't hmm. play them in order. Hmm. Um, so Bioshock Two, the my favorite mission esque component of it revolves almost entirely around i mean the whole game really does in a sense revolve around the little sisters and the big sisters so for someone who hasn't played bioshock 2 this is the game where you actually are a big daddy so you're this big daddy i think he's actually called delta and he is actually part of an experimental series of big daddies called the alpha series so the alpha series was this attempt to form big daddies who had a very specific bond with just one little sister. So it would be like one big daddy, his one little sister, and he was meant to protect her for all of his presumed life and her life, assumedly. Hmm. So what's happened, the whole reason for the game, is that you as Delta are have basically been killed. And your little sister, Eleanor, has been taken from you. So naturally, if you're dead, she's not going to be with you. But the game really starts with you as Delta being revived. So you are brought back to life by this scientist who needs your help to basically free all of the little sisters and whatnot. So you've been revived, and like you, because you have this implanted bond with Eleanor, that's your whole mission. Mm. You have to get Eleanor back. Now, by this point in the game, Eleanor is practically an adult. So, you know, she starts out as a little sister as being like, what, six, seven? Mm -hmm. They're young. So she is now an adult. You've come back to life. You're trying to get Eleanor back. And in the process, you can either choose to save the little sisters that you encounter, or if you're playing the game on, like, bad guy mode, (laughs) you you choose to kill them. and That's by choice. It's not like a button you you, No, you get a choice. You can save your little sisters or you can kill them to harvest the atom Hmm. that they have inside of them. So just a little bit of background on little sisters. Their entire purpose, they have these giant syringes with Mm -hmm. them. And they're going around Rapture harvesting atom from corpses. Mm -hmm. So atom is like the powerful stuff that you use to make like uh, plasmids Mm -hmm. and whatnot. So that's really almost like a currency in the game. And actually, you do use it, don't you? You use Adam to buy power-ups? I think so. Yeah. It's been a while since I've played Bioshock. I mean, it's been a while since I've played Bioshock So it's this really powerful stuff at the point. So it's like basically what life in Rapture revolves around is Adam. So how Adam is actually... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
Jared's choking on my water. It's going to die. That's water in there? <laughs> Live podcast. I mean coffee. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make it now. Sorry. <laughs> so anyways, Adam is basically built within little sisters because they're genetically modified humans. They're just regular human girls that have been kidnapped mm-hmm. and altered by having a sea slug implanted Ooh. into their stomach. I didn't even know that. And the sea slug, yeah, you have to really be paying attention yeah. to get a lot of this stuff. And actually, I think a lot of this backstory might actually come from the first Bioshock. Probably so some so. of this might be blurred with what the first one was. I'll just be yeah. excited to be a big daddy. I know, that's what no, I'd that's, be thinking the whole time. The whole, I'm a big daddy. I'm that's a big daddy. really <laughs> why I love Bioshock 2 the most is that you're the big daddy. Right. So actually, as part of this alpha series, you're kind of like a scaled down big daddy. Like you don't really feel like you are as heavy or big mm. and as powerful as the other big daddies. Mm-hmm. But like that's you're the first. That's like your purpose. You're like the cool guy. You're the big daddy. Right. So just the whole game going through it to save the little sisters and eventually, so what I'm really thinking of in terms of campaign mission is the first time you encounter a big sister. Because that is the freaking piss your pants scariest thing i gotta look up what a big sister looks big sisters oh please do it because they i have seen some astonishing cosplays oh really of people being big sisters and big daddies but the big sisters are terrifying because they are grown up little sisters so they are little sisters that grew up you know they don't stop aging so they've grown up but because of the sea slug in their stomach and the fact that they've basically been absorbing Adam their entire lives, they're really unstable. They're kind of psychotic. Yeah, they look, they look like, are they quick? So they look a lot quicker than a fast. big daddy. They yeah. are very fast. They're very lethal. You'll see that their arm has become the syringe. Mm-hmm. So they've like got this giant syringe attached to their arm. Damn. It's like the equivalent of the big daddy's drill. Right, so right. They've got this big syringe and it's like, holy Jesus. Oh, look, this one has a little sister no, so see on that, her no, that, back. So the cage on their back is actually, so the big sister's purpose basically after they grow up is to manage and guard little sisters. Well, that's what big daddies do. So they're kind of like the more evil component though. Mm. So like a big sister doesn't look at a little sister as like in a mothering sisterly way. They look at them as I have to basically keep these little sisters alive, get them to big daddies because we need the atom that's right. in them. Mm-hmm. And really okay. that's it. It's more so, of a resource. Yeah, though. it's more of a resource. So they're like resource management, you could <laughs> argue. So... Whatever, whenever a big daddy then in Bioshock 2 encounters a little sister and alters the little sister's path in any way, either by saving them or by killing them, that angers the big sisters. Hmm. And so the first time you encounter one is horrifying because you don't see them first, you hear them coming. So you like, so let's say that you kill a little sister and then all of a sudden you're just kind of out in the world and you hear this ungodly screech. <laughs> I figured it was probably yeah, so, like, just so had, yeah, like had a scream. They, they really, I feel like I've seen a clip of this oh, on YouTube so or something. Scary. So not only do you hear this horrific screech, it's so loud and alters the world so much that your vision blurs mm. and like the world kind of comes to a stop and then like the music changes. You have 30 seconds to get your shit together <laughs> for when the big sister gets there because they're really hard they are hard to fight and so they will screech three times over the 30 seconds before they get to you and like it did induces so much panic and you're just oh god oh god i'm not ready so you as a big dad you're you're slow and you're not and the big sisters are 
fast yeah. and fierce and like they get there and you just like i was just like crying like oh my god i'm gonna die for start <laughs> and i did i died many times fighting mm-hmm. the big sisters because they're so difficult mm-hmm. and the big sisters and being a big daddy and the, there's the, it really built so much more into the world of rapture for me yeah so like that really stands out in my mind the appearance of big sisters and the ability to battle them and just this whole idea that little sisters do eventually grow up and become these horrific mutant soldiers it was just like oh my god this is awful i have to save all these little sisters i can't let them grow up and right. become these awful big mm-hmm. sisters i can i can stop this before it becomes a <laughs> I'll problem i'll be the change i want to I see will in be the, the world. change i want to see exactly <laughs> that's exactly the point so as delta as big daddy delta that's your whole purpose and i was just like yes clearly defined mission i have mm. to save the little sisters to stop this from happening so that the next game is easier <laughs> <laughs> so bioshock 3 <laughs> makes <laughs> sense <laughs> did actually I infinite in didn't nice even world. have no infinite they didn't oh, have com- big sisters well, it's arguably if it's completely separate because it's because it's not the yeah, ending really actually has a bizarre thing. well yeah. but the ending has a very bizarre connector towards uh rapture that's true but bioshock infinite is fairly different yeah. in the atmosphere and characters and it's too bad that they don't there's a big sisters. bird the songbird yeah I, i've seen the songbirds they're they're pretty they're yeah. awesome mm-hmm. i bet it won't be too long before they release a uh remastered or, or remastered maybe a new one like they need to yeah, bioshock is great people love bioshock it is yeah. it's, it's awesome really it's one of my game. favorite franchises yeah and bioshock really 2 is still the icing on the cake for mm. me i gotta play bioshock 2 i, I, do it. I have it i just haven't played and it then yet. when you encounter the first big sister like i want you to live live text <laughs> live it to tweet. me live tweet <laughs> it. it'll just be, it'll just be a screen i'll just send you an like, audio you just, file and you're just like you gotta use that drill right but you're so slow i know see that's like you're so slow compared to (laughs) like she's just stabbing you with the syringe and you're just like oh god hold still (laughs) nice what's your number one jared my number one comes from another one of my favorite series far cry Mm. but specifically far cry 3 is that the most recent one? No, it's no. Not. Far Cry Four is the most recent one. Okay. Soon to be Far Cry Prime. That will soon be the most recent. Oh, I'm so excited! But anyway, Far Cry Three, which honestly I liked better than Far Cry Four. Far Cry Four was good, but Far Cry Three was much better. I I felt like it just in the sense of it really had like three main villains that you would fight that you had to that you had to go up against at one point or another. But the the main one that you interacted with the most is this guy named Voss. That's actually the villain of Far Cry 4. Right. I was about right to there. Say, is he the one that's all in pink? Pagan Men. Yeah. Pagan Which he was a really good villain, too. I really liked outfit. him. Yeah. He was a great villain. I but, could cosplay that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, pretty badass. Yeah. From uh, Far Cry 3, the, well, the, the crazy badass, just like he was a, just a nut job of a guy. Voss is what it, I've heard you talk about him before. Yeah. I, I, maybe. I maybe don't remember. Little? But he's crazy, psychotic, right. super you know, killer, and all this stuff. And so the the point is, you were vacationing on this island with your friends. You get attacked by these by these pirates. They kidnap all your friends. I think they kill one of them. Maybe maybe is that how the Far Cry? I've never played Far. Is that how they usually get set up? You are kind of just a normal person that gets thrown into this weird situation. Exactly. Where do you learn how to do all this amazing stuff? So so on this island that you're on in Far Cry, you get rest. You fall into the hands of these of these peaceful. Mm-hmm. Villagers who are fight who like are this resistance to the pirates. Okay, and so in they Far Cry you in Far Cry brain. Four, you were born in this you were born in this um, you know fictional country of Karat, mm-hmm. and but your mother took you to the U.S. to grow up because your father was the formation of a resistance against pagan men, 
And so when your mother dies, you bring her ashes back to Kirat, and that's how you get kind of like all involved in it again. Okay. But anyway, so Far Cry <coughs> 3, you're on this and you get attacked. And so then the whole point is you got to get your friends back and your brother. Like your, li- your little brother is with them, to, is, is captured too. But they're all held in like different places all over the island and all that. And so as you go, you know, you take back com- camps from the pirates and all that. But the mission at hand is so you're trying to get Voss is like the local enforcer for the big overlord, like warlord of the area, this guy named Hoyt. And the only way you're you're My gonna get <laughs> the only way you're gonna get Hoyt to show up is if you really piss him off. And like and I mean get, my cousin. Excuse and, me. And, uh, <laughs> and is your cousin's so, name Voss? No, sorry. <laughs> Going off topic. <laughs> That'd be awesome though. Hoyt and Voss. How, how, how did this happen? But anyway, so so in the, the level in question or that I'm talking about is called uh, kick the hornet's nest. So it's, mm, you're really trying to get him. I already see. I can already visualize what it is. Sounds is, like something. So Hoyt's like a big drug guy, and so the Naturally. point of the, the point of yeah, this of, of this mission is you're going to go burn his marijuana fields. Oh gosh, good. And so Take his you drugs. show up to Kick this that. thing, and Beehive. they give you. But here's the cool thing: you get for the first time, and you're able to use it for this mission. If they give you a flamethrower, mm. you like you're equipped with a flamethrower. You get to this thing. And you're like, okay, I got to burn down all these these things. You come across these the couple like patches, uh, fields of marijuana, and you start lighting them on fire. And via so, flamethrower, via flamethrower. Awesome. And then awesome. as as that happens, obviously pirates start showing up. They're like, what? No! Yeah. And like, <laughs> no, <laughs> shoot uh-uh. him! No, no, no. Stuff, which then you can obviously <laughs> understandable. You can obviously they're like, no, our weed, <laughs> our weed. <laughs> you so, monster! So, they don't just like, collapse into tears. <laughs> Oh man, it's on fire today. Damn. Yeah, that right. sucks. We're gonna have a bad crop this year. It'll grow back. And so you know, you're setting all the stuff on fire. But so one of the things of Far Cry, and I know I've talked about this before, is just how the whole thing is basically set up on creating as much it's it's all just chaotic mayhem all the time. Like that's how most of it is. You can get attacked by animals at any time, you can get attacked by your enemies at any point. There's never hardly a time where you're really like, I feel safe right now. <laughs> and so this level for me though, really like kicked it in that the, the, like how the uh the madness. extremity of the extremity yeah. of the madness mm-hmm. basically of how this is because yeah they're coming up they're shooting at you they're trying to stop and you're just running through you don't even give a shit you're just like <laughs> setting them all on fire <laughs> and you're you know you're causing explosions from like some oil some like gas drums and stuff awesome. that are going on yeah. along the along the side Which really why would they keep their oil and gas drums in, so in close nice, to the supplies yeah right in the, you know, exactly. the bottom one exactly. on top. Was poor planning on and the that's pirates where they live, part like right next to it it's perfect but so the, <laughs> but then the civil second engineer <laughs> so other than all this cr- this crazy like destruction you're causing at the time where you're playing it, and this was like a, a different, you know, let's set aside. It didn't. You didn't just have like a normal like orchestral score to go along with this. They play a specific song um, while you're doing all this 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 burning. While you're doing this yeah. burning, and it's a song. Uh, it's called "Make It Burn Them," <laughs> and it's by Skrillex and Damian Marley. Oh, awesome. so it's like a reggae type. So oh, I, I cool. got it pulled up. I'm just gonna play like a couple, so so you can get the feel. Yeah, I want to hear. It. Yeah, I do. I would like to hear this. So this is kind of how. It, And so, and so this starts as you're walking up to the fields. Cool. And then you start, I started burning like right here. Uh-huh. On the base. And you're just like, that is pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Cool. Good for them for incorporating some needle points. But then as it gets into it more and it's like really getting crazy in the level, this is where it gets to. Oh, and just everything's just run amok at this point. Oh, like people yeah. are screaming, they're dying, they're burning, they're cool. on fire. But you, this is giving you the energy you need. Oh, it was so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes. 
So that's cool, man. That's very cinematic. It, you yeah, know, it's, it is. And, it, very... and again, it was another. It was another level where I felt one with the game. Yes, yes. <laughs> and that's like, oh, I'm powerful. Yes, with yes. my flamethrower <laughs> run amok. Like, well, and you can like switch to your other weapons and stuff that you have too. Awesome. So you can, like you'd be like toasting the, some weed and just being like, <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, <laughs> like, smoking capping. a joint. <laughs> yeah, putting some caps in their asses. You know, yeah, kind of oh, naturally, like we all do. <laughs> just a day in the life. Just when just you're burning some weed fields. Blast of David Marley. <laughs> just be like, I just imagine walking through with like earbuds in, just be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost so peaceful no. in a way. Yeah, it's almost nice. Yeah. So no, just for the insanity of that's that awesome. level and that, that that song and just the the madness and everything. That's when I that's when I really got the feel of like, oh, this is what Far Cry is supposed to be. Right. See, I'm noticing that a lot of what we've talked about so far is like specific missions or points of the game where like it all kind of clicked. Sure, sure. Well, I think that's what makes a game for you. That mission is what made Far Cry for you. Almost as if like they came up with that mission before the other missions. Like, how do we get to this place? You know what I mean? Like, how this is what we want to show people. How do we set it up? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's a good one. So, yeah. Very nice. But because up until that point, I'd been like, this game's fun. I like it, but I don't love it yet. Mm-hmm. That mission played, I was like, yeah. oh my god. And I one love, mission, I love and there's game. a mission in Grand Theft Auto V that is really amazing. Did you, you've played GTA V? I'm still working my way through the campaign. So there's a mission when you're Michael, who's the dad, the family right. man, and <laughs> he essentially gets drugged by his son. Oh yeah, I just dr- played that and one. And you drink a soda. Yeah, and, like, and you're like free falling through the sky. And it's like all like trippy and, and hypnotic it's got this and great like music. Oh by, like, yeah, yeah, C90 called sh- like Shine a Light. Yeah, you know, I want to Sam- shine a light. And you're flying through the city, and it's like yeah, it's beautiful colors. And it's but you're like, like free falling. You're, you're only wearing your boxers. You're only or something in your like boxers. Yeah. And you're not really have to do anything except just fly. And but the music comes in. It's one of those very cinematic was, like moments. I was playing it, and uh, Sam was sitting next to me on the couch. She's like, "What's what are you playing?" And I said, "Grand Theft Auto." It's he's on. Drug trip. And she's yeah. like, "Oh, okay." That's a great mission from G. Well, it's not you know, but it's just a great moment from GTA yeah. Five. I no. love that. I had that song in my iPod. I played it forever. <laughs> nice. I love that. Um, so, what is your number, number one, one, Zach, to bring us home? My number one naturally comes from my favorite franchise of all time. Oh, I bet we can guess. You guys can both say it if you'd like. Is it Halo? Halo. It is <laughs> Halo, and it comes from the original Halo. My favorite well, the campaign. First one. The first one. Halo C. Ha- Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, the probably the campaign that I've played through the most, and out of I want to say there's nine, ten, or eleven, some somewhere in that area, area, maybe maybe ten campaign missions from Halo One. Only one of them I would say is a little bit underwhelming, and that's the library. And so <laughs> naturally, <laughs> it is funny that it's called the library, but it's just a very repetitive map where you fight the flood over and over and over and over. And that's I hope I hope that the mission that you're they're going to say is the one that I have in my head is my favorite one. I don't think know. it will be because yeah, me too. There's so many great ones, yeah. you know. There really is, but the tri like the trifecta for me comes after I want to say the second level. So the third level, I think it's called Truth and Reconciliation, or as I call it, the night level. And that's where you go into and you have like a sniper rifle. So that's a great level. Oh, I played nice. that one. That one's fun. Then you go to the about. silent cartographer, which is the beach level. You know, these oh. I gave them all my own names when I was younger. And that's the beach, <laughs> beach level. Night yeah. level, beach night level. Night level, beach level. And then the one that I will be referring to today is Assault on the Control Room. <sighs> silent Cartographer now, what is was my favorite. Silent Cartographer is your favorite, yeah. the beach level? Yeah. Or, yeah, the beach level. Yeah, yeah. That is a gr- I mean, that's like D-Day getting out of those ships. Well, it's, it's such a long level, too. It is. You're on the whole, beach, then you go into that structure, then you're outside All these again. levels, I think, are really long compared to modern-day shooters. They're yeah. really long. Mm-hmm. And 
That's a great. I mean, honestly, I could have picked really any map or any level from Halo and right. love to talk about it. But except for the library, fuck that map. <laughs> <laughs> that one sucks. <laughs> now, wait, what was your name for this current map? The assault. The snow level. The snow level. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't worry, Mogan. I have names for all of them. <laughs> That's what we used to awesome. call it. Assault on the control room. Basically, at this point, you have landed on the ring. Installation 007, I believe, is what they, the original one that you what find. And you are tasked with getting into the ring, inside where the control room is. Because you've kind of figured, you, you understand that this is a structure. It's, it's not made, it's, it's made by aliens. It's not like a natural formation. So right. there is like control panels and like how this thing operates. You don't know exactly what it is yet, though. You don't know its purpose. But it is, as you know, like it can... Uh, maintain life. It has its own sort of atmosphere, its own like weather and all this stuff. Right. And so that's when you see the snow. And like I remember Cortana telling you that it's sort of an artificial blending. You know, they've they've created their own snow here. But essentially, this is the mission. Well, well, what's so wonderful about this mission is what you're kind of saying about the silent cartographer is you go through so many different territories. You go from very small skirmishes in very narrow spaces with the whole canon of aliens from the grunts to the leads to the jackals which are all such a fantastic race to fight they all have their own ways of fighting they all have their own weaknesses and strengths and they're just so well balanced and and to see it come and you've seen it before in the earlier levels but this map in particular is great because once you you do this small skirmish and then the map sort of opens up into a bridge area and you that's the first time you see the snow and you're like oh and it's kind of this really magical moment there's like eight grunts asleep outside <laughs> on this bridge and you can like melee them and they don't wake up and it's great but then like a banshee will come and swoop in i think that might be one and it's not the first time you see a banshee but it's like well no cuz you see the banshee in the the second map but alien vehicles are very much incorporated in this uh, mission human vehicles and it's one of the only times it used the scorpion tank uh-huh. which is like the human tank and once you get through the bridges and then through a couple small skirmishes inside again the map actually you get to be on the ground floor like the like earth essentially you know like dirt and sand and all that and that's when it's really you step out and it's such a wonderful gaming moment you step out of these doors and there's a turret to your left. There's a turret on this rock over there. There's a wraith, which is the equivalent of the human tank for aliens. There are ghosts flying around. There's eight marines hunkered down in like trees over in this direction. You know, it's like it is a war zone. And right. you come out there, and what's so awesome about Halo and what's so wonderful about being Master Chief is wherever you go, it's like everyone's so excited to see you. <laughs> you know, like they, it's Master Chief. Like they got. Right, yes. We are special and like they sent him here for us. And he like everyone gets so excited. Yeah, excited. We're gonna live. <laughs> you know, you are the last hope. And so these Marines like flipped over warthogs, they're like hiding, and then you come out and like everyone rallies and oh, everyone comes with great. you. And so you get in a warthog, which is like the chain gun vehicle, driver, passenger, and a guy in the back shooting a chain gun, flying around, killing ghosts, then you get in the tank, go through you bring the tank up over this like cliff, fight some other aliens you go back down into the tunnels eventually get to a place where the tank won't be able to go but throughout all this i mean already this it's it's far into the map you know you've done a lot already and it continues and it keeps going you go deeper and deeper into this ring until you get to the control room what you're there for in the first place and it's also a great uh mission story-wise because it starts to pivot the story you start to get a little bit of a better understanding of what exactly is going on and i know i've mentioned this in, in the first episode but 
what the first Halo did so well is you're constantly kind of playing catch up to everything else. Like what you're just trying to keep up the pace of trying to figure out what's happening. You know, what is this ring for? Why are the Covenant so interested in it? What is the flood? What's their kind of place in the universe? And who are the forerunner? Basically the people that made the ring. But as soon as you put Cortana into the system, your AI companion who can really go anywhere as long as you put the chip in. Right. She, at the end of this mission, she kind of has this, you know, and you talk about the new one that Jared just finished. We talked about this before of Cortana going rogue and doing her own thing. Right. I don't know. There's hints of it in earlier games. I don't think Bungie and 343, I don't know, you know, I don't want to make the assumption that they always had this in mind. But like, for instance, when you plug Cortana into this, that this mainframe that controls the ring she has like a like master chief's like okay like what do we do now and she's like this knowledge this unlimited power and she has this strange like look on her face and like she doesn't she ignores you for a moment she's like it's glorious you know you can see how much she's like tempted and excited about this unlimited power and knowledge right. that she somehow has you know sucked from this whole mainframe that's the ring and then Without even explaining it, she's like thinking, thinking, you know, because she's this computer and she thinks so quickly. She's like thinking, she's like, oh my gosh, wait, wait, oh no, these fools, like, what do they know? They don't know what they're doing. The Covenant have no idea. And Master Chief's like, slow down. Like, what are you talking about? She's like, you need to go here right now. He's like, why? She's like, just fucking go, (laughs) you know? And so it's that same idea that it's like, what's going on? You know, it's like Cortana knows something. Like, she has just seen something about what this ring actually is and what the Covenant might think it is and why they're wrong and why the flood are like kind of incorporated into this giant story and like what their real reason for being here is. So like all this stuff, nothing gets answered. But it's another, <laughs> not yet at least, but it's right. another catalyst for you to progress. And that's what I think a lot of games are missing or like what I loved about Halo is there was real purpose in doing these missions it was like i need it was like a, you're kind of like sherlock holmes i mean you're kind of <laughs> figuring shit like, out this guy's about to blow it's, up something go stop him right it's a mystery and it's like in the way they presented it was so wonderful to have cortana be like it, i mean you you were like oh man like something is really bad about this there's something there's like you know talk about there's evil afoot but right. you don't know exactly what's going on and it's so ancient and it's from this ancient alien race and so but but the mission at hand Besides all that stuff that incorporates this, the wonderful story, it has everything that Halo has become known for. Vehicle warfare. You use pretty much every single weapon in that game, from the rocket launcher, the sniper rifle, to the assault rifle, pistol, obviously. Uh, everything. The, all the Covenant weapons at your disposal. And so, it kind of like we've been talking about, it is, I for me, a real showcase mission. It is like, they're like, let's just go crazy and let's have explosions and like they can do whatever they want and, and get through it however they'd like you know you don't have to take the warthog you don't have to take the tank though it'd be unwise not to move it snow mission sounds fun the snow mission's great and it's snowing, it's snowing. <laughs> that's the real reason i so like it it's, it's a one to one yeah man. you can once you kill everything you can just take a breath and be like oh this is kind of ah, nice so peaceful <laughs> yes um, crisp winter day on the ring like i said every other mission you could talk about the same way i mean right. they there are so many wonderful other ones that I'll probably talk about in later episodes. But that, whenever we'd go back with my buddies, like on very similar to Mario Kart, and we're like, hey, let's play a campaign, we'd always go to Assault on the Control Room. Nice. That's the best one. Nice. So that's my number one. Very nice. I really do want to play it now. Like it's now, great. now I'm no, like, I, need, oh, I need to go back and play that and <laughs> play and Combat Evolved. Music, they, they Halo's the so got to be on Steam by now, right? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Too much of like a. Like, I, I don't know. Like I mean, they, Steam's got be, a lot of games. Like they have a lot, lot of big ones, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I don't. I don't think Halo That's is like on just there. That's just like their bread and butter. I feel like, they would, like they're very guarded. I'm sure. Yeah. 
But no, I don't know. It's it's fun. I need to get the Master Chief collection. I have all the old oh, ones. I have do, all the old man. ones for the 360. But I I need to get it for the yeah. Master Chief collection. Halo Two, one. man, that's got some great missions. Oh Halo yeah, three's got Halo some great Three missions. was excellent. Yeah, Four excellent. was pretty good too. Halo Halo Four was pretty good mission wise. Um, Halo Five was good too. I like Halo it. Five. You know, Halo Five. There's not one though that really sticks out. It's like that was amazing. Yeah, the know? whole thing as a whole was just. It was good. It was good. It was good. I mean, or what did I say earlier? I thought it was like, eh. I thought it was there was, okay. there was one of the... I beat like the last four missions last night. Like, this is how recent it was for me. And there was a, one mission where it was like fighting a lot of uh, Prometheans and everything. And the and a, a music kicks in that was really reminiscent, had some of the old mm-hmm. motives and everything and from nice. the from like Martin O'Donnell's score. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this right. feels this feels good. There this was feels a, like Halo. When you're on that elite planet. Is kind of cool. Yeah, Sang- Sanghelios. Sanghelios, yeah. yeah. That's pretty interesting. That one was and, cool. And when you're like flying down that huge spine of that bird, like, like oh, you're like, yep, you're yep, like yep. vertical. Yep. Yeah, you, the only thing is, games like that, and this is a whole other conversation that we don't have to get into, it's like, they're, it, it's very much trying to be bigger. And right. like necessarily, the stuff that I, already, I always identify with Halo were like, you know, when I talk about truth and reconciliation, the night level, these yep. silent types of game of moments in games, like no, bigger doesn't necessarily mean better. It yep. just put me in a position where I feel over overpowered and I have to think my way. How are we going to get through this? Rather than like I'm jumping everywhere and I have two guns and I can kill anything. You yeah. know what I mean? I rather yep. feel like feel like the pressure's on. Pressure's on, and like we are over num- outnumbered here. You yep. know, I like that feeling. Me too. Well, that was pretty fun foray into some missions. I think we had a pretty good. We covered a lot of things. We yeah, that was actually of, that went a lot better than I thought it would. I know. I, I, I kind of thought it was, was going to be so a short. We, we, so we actually all had a, some really good coverage, and yeah. we covered a lot of different genres and everything. I thought it was really great. Yeah. But in case you did not know, even after listening for this long, how long has it been? It felt I, long. I don't know. It might have been like an hour and a half. I don't know. That's okay. But anyway, <laughs> this is Team Chat Podcast, and it this is. was our tenth episode. Woo! Woo! We made it. I'm so curious who's been listening with us for the first ten. Yeah, I would love to know. But if you have any questions or comments and want to share some of your favorite missions with us, please send us a tweet at Team Chat Podcast or send us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Peace out. And Zachary Parks. Peace out. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Copycats all. Come on, that was a perfect echo.